Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rock That Relationship. We're so excited this season. We're doing a whole series on breakups, and well, there's just a lot to talk about, and we couldn't be more thrilled about today's episode. We are so pleased to be having a guest on here to be talking today with us about breakups. I'm going to turn it over to Tracy because, uh, you know, Tracy really got me connected with our guest today in terms of saying, she sends me every day, she sends like, you got to listen to this episode. You got to listen to this episode. So I'm out on my walks and listening to the episode. So I'm going to let her fangirl for a minute here and do our introduction, kind of get us kicked off. Okay. Well, lucky for us, Coach Dorothy of Get Over Your Ex agreed to come on today. And um, Dorothy, just say hi. I'm going to, I will fangirl all over you. Hello. <laughs> I welcome all fangirling. So fun. Oh my God. Well, we are so glad to have you on. And I have to tell you, you're a lifesaver. Like, I mean that truly. I don't want to start crying on the podcast, but I live in, you know, we live in Tucson and live in this conf. Tucson is a weird place, which we'd love to have you come out here. And so I'll be walking and the, the dog in the morning, pitch black, the coyotes are shrieking and, you know, gathering. And I've been so sad over a breakup and I was listening to your podcast and the way that you are so loving and so caring and that you say, you know, I love you, brave hearts. Like I really, in these dark nights thought, oh my God, she really does care. There is somebody out there who cares. So don't ever not think you're not having a big impact. You know, thank you. I really appreciate that. The kind words are so needed from my end and like Mm -hmm. being able to see people who have actually listened to the podcast and impacted their life. It truly changes my life. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. Yes, it really is profound what you're doing. And, you know, that's, I mean, we're doing this whole season on breakups, which is my least favorite topic ever. Um, <laughs> and that leads me to that question. Like, how did you get into this? What made you do this? Get How to get over your ex, you know, podcast. And I know you also do coaching and um, boot, boot camps and stuff. I did your mini boot camp and it was awesome. Yay. I'm so glad you loved it. So, I mean, I personally went through a very traumatic heartbreak of my, my own. Um, and that happened back in 2016. So it's been some time now. Um, and I got into breakup coaching because I went through it and I did everything wrong. (laughs) I did all of it wrong. And I Googled and I searched, how do you get over your ex? How do you forgive and let go? How do you move forward when your ex moved on quickly? And I didn't just like, look at it and do nothing with it. I genuinely applied everything that I possibly could. I spent a year and a half trying to figure it out, trying to move forward from not only like the devastation and the loss and the grief of losing my best friend, but also um, the betrayal, the anger and the resentment that I was also experiencing because he had moved on rather quickly. And um it was just such a difficult time. And I remember searching the podcast app on Apple and I was like, how do I get over a breakup? And I could not find any real solidified advice. Mm-hmm. And what I did find on um, Google, I did do them all. Like I, I traveled, I got into the best shape of my life. I was meditating, I was journaling, um, but nothing was like, 
exactly working. Like from Mm -hmm. the outside, I looked like I was thriving. I looked like I was doing really well. People were like, you're amazing. You're doing great. Like, congratulations. But inside, I felt like so rotten. Mm -hmm. I felt dead inside. I was, I even found myself in a new relationship at the time. And the, like the big kicker to everything was recognizing how I was still comparing people to my ex. I was still comparing this new guy to my ex. I'm already in a relationship with him. Um, I was, you know, making decisions in hopes that I would get his attention. I was posting stuff on Instagram thinking maybe he'll like realize that, you know, he made this terrible mistake. Um, and the fact that a year and a half later, I was still just struggling internally so deeply was the indicator to me that something was missing and that something wasn't right. And that even by that point, I had people reaching out being like, how'd you do it? Like, how, mm-hmm. how'd you get over your breakup? And, and I had a YouTube channel. This is like insider information. <laughs> I had a YouTube channel that was called Bench Babe. And I was kind of like lightly sharing my breakup journey through this YouTube channel um, and keeping everyone updated about how I was doing, what was happening, things like that. And so that's when people were like, how do you get through this? What are you doing? Can I get help? And still at the time I was like, I don't really think I can help someone with this. I don't think I've fully moved through it. And then that's when I learned that thoughts create feelings. And so a year and a half into my breakup, I'm finally realizing this huge thing that just completely changed my life of the fact that the optional sentences in my brain are what's creating my emotion. Like when you guys heard that for the first time, did it not just blow your mind? Yes. And give that example. It's the ice cream example. That oh. that totally made me understand what you're saying. Because first I'm like, you know what? Forget you, Dorothy. That's not true. <laughs> the reality yeah. is this. It's horrible. I can't get through this. And then you said the ice cream thing and it totally reframed my thinking. Yeah. So that's, so when she's saying the ice cream example, what she's talking about is I teach about the concept of desire and how you still have a desire for your ex. And if you didn't desire your ex, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't really have all these breakup symptoms. Like, do I contact this person? Do I not? Do I, what do I do here? It's all of your breakup symptoms melt away when you no longer have the desire for your ex. And so the way that I like to describe that is desire is created. It's a feeling, right? It's created by your thinking. So the way I show this is when I'm describing ice cream is, oh my gosh, it's ooey gooey. It melts in my mouth. It's so delicious. It's my favorite food. I make it really desirable. Even you, both of you are like, yes, <laughs> right. ice cream. Let's go get some after this like call. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Nope. Versus when I describe ice cream as it's simply milk and sugar. A lot less desirable. Not very appetizing or it doesn't sound good. Right? right. But all of those all of those thoughts were optional sentences. All of them are equally as true. And so therefore we get to pick and choose what thoughts we want to believe in and hold weight in, and that will reduce or increase desire. And when we really learn how to reduce desire, that's the difference between someone like another analogy is someone who's binge eating. They could they could remove all of the foods they binge eat out of their kitchen. They could just say, hey, we're not going to the grocery store. We're not taking this stuff home. And that's how they get through binge eating. But it's a lot of like gritting, like, like, like 
bearing down and forcing yourself to not do something you don't want to do versus getting to this point of, I can have the foods that I used to binge eat in the house and I simply have no desire for them. It's not a problem. It's a non-issue now. And that's what we're going for when we're talking about getting over our ex. I want brave hearts to learn to be brave enough, number one, to approach heartbreak differently. But number two, I want all of my brave hearts by the time they're done working with me or listening to the podcast to reduce desire and naturally and organically start showing up in the way that they want to, to build a life that is bigger and better than the one that they had with their ex. And that's like the root cause to heartbreak and getting over someone is the desire or the attachment you have to that person. And when you've reduced all of that, you then have addressed the root cause and you don't have all of these random like breakup symptoms. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So yeah, I eventually learned all that. Right. And then, then I was like, okay, I think I want to be a breakup coach. I want to create all of the tools and the resources that I didn't have. And that's kind of the birth of the podcast was this information needs to be out there. Everyone needs to have this information readily available to them. I want to make it free and available for all people to consume and understand and change their life with it. And you've totally done that. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome, Dorothy. Dorothy, as I'm thinking about it too, like, you know, when you said you when you went through a breakup, like you did all the things that everybody usually does, like travel and, you know, you, some people go get their hair cut or whatever. I, I went and bought a bunch of love crystals. Oh yeah. yeah. I wrote a, I wrote a dear soulmate letter. It was really fun. Um, yeah. trying to summon my new soulmate, you know, two days yeah. after my breakup. But, um, so, so, you know, a lot of people try a lot of these things, but you know, what you said before about shifting your, your thoughts would shift your emotions that, you know, before even listening to you, I had heard that. I had heard that as well. And I, I mean, I can profoundly say that that was just the absolute, it was like the light switch. I had done everything. I mean, I even went to a point where I pulled out all my Legos from my childhood and decided every night I was just going to build Lego art. I mean, I did, I tried everything, right? Like, I'm like, if I could just focus on Lego art masterpieces, maybe I'll get over my ex. And it was, it was really the shifting of the thoughts and the feelings. So I, I'm curious for, for you, you know, when you, we talk about like what you would recommend doing, I mean, some of those things are good, like getting healthy and getting in shape and seeing your friends, but how do you really kind of coming off that last question? How do you, how do you get to a point where you tr- do shift those thoughts? Like what can you do to shift those thoughts so that, you know, you're not running around getting haircuts for the next, you know, two years and while you're still mourning your ex. Isn't it crazy? The stuff that we do, the amount of money that we've spent on our ex after we're already out of a relationship with them blows my mind, right? Think mm-hmm. about all the money yeah. you spent on feel, <laughs> trying to feel good. And feel exactly. Better. Exactly. And then the time too, a hundred percent. So changing your thoughts. I, I mean, there's so many things I could say. This is everything that I teach inside of a three month program, right? But if I can give you some really foundational information is getting clear about what your current stories are. What are what we call breakup lies that you're telling yourself? What are you making the breakup mean about you? What are you taking on that's really your exes as a reflection of you? Like whatever your ex did, that's a direct reflection of them, but we so easily take it and make it about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't enough. I wasn't worthy. I wasn't lovable enough. If I would have changed or if I would have been better, if maybe I would have compromised better, they would have stayed. And we, 
we look at all of the things that are wrong with us and then we try to go find solutions from this place of there's something wrong with me. But what if in reality, there's nothing wrong with you? You've just adapted a story that's not yours. And so getting clear about what those stories are and just the pure awareness of them is monumental, right? So an example is because my my ex had moved on so quickly, I had determined that clearly he never loved me because if you love someone, you don't move on that quickly, right? Mm -hmm. That's the story I had played in my head when in reality, he could have moved on and still been in love with me. That's just equally as true. Maybe he was in love with both of us at the same time. That's totally available. How often have you been in love with two people at the same time? I'm equally in love with my mom and my dad at the same time. That's totally possible. Um, and when I told myself that story, I found so much relief and release and it felt different. Right. And when I felt different, I showed up differently in the world and I created different results in my life. And so it's getting clear about what those stories are, which you can do through a variety of ways of simply asking yourself questions of what am I making this breakup mean about me? And is that really true? Um, why is my ex so desirable to me? And, and there's, there's things that you guys think are facts, right? Your listeners might think I find him so desirable or find her so desirable because they're so attractive Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. think that's factual. You're listing that off as the news when in reality, that's an optional thought you're choosing to believe about someone. Because even sometimes we don't find someone very attractive until we start talking to them and then we get to know them and then we build this whole story up in our mind about them and then they're very attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yep. yep. And so it's the awareness around the thoughts and then the questioning of, is it really true? What is it costing me to believe this? What is the problem my brain is trying to solve and is believing this getting me closer to the solution? There's like a whole variety of ways of becoming aware and questioning your thinking that, and that's really, I mean, I could, like I said, I could go on and there's really four categories that when we work together, that we really address very thoroughly. We talk about feeling feelings and the scary stories you have about experiencing heartbreak, right? We talk about the relationship with yourself, which is everything that has to do with what are you making the breakup mean about you? We talk about creating closure and like the scary stories that we have about what closure is and letting go. And then lastly, looking at the disempowering stories you have about the future around, oh my gosh, I'm never going to feel this way about someone ever again. You know, the future that I want is completely impossible now that that person's no longer in my life. So there's like four categories of thoughts that we really work to uncover and then question to the point where they're mute. And then you get to decide what you want to believe on purpose. And when you do that in all four of those categories, not only are you just changing individual thoughts, you are changing very hardcore belief systems in your brain that ultimately create a completely different mindset. And when that happens, that's really cool because then you see the side effect of finding solutions to old problems that you had around like all kinds of stuff that don't even have to deal with your breakup even. So I mean, I could go on and on. It's so true. And this is something that does drive me crazy, but I agree with it. It's like breakups are an opportunity to look at everything in your life. Right. I mean, ah, I like still kills me 
But, and one of the things that with the mini boot camp, I just did the mini one, but yeah. I think it's so helpful to see other people are going through the same thing. Other people have different perspectives. They bring up things you didn't think, like you didn't think of those things. And even talking to your own friends, like you said, I think this person is so attractive. I think they're so great. They must just have this horrible opinion of me. They broke up with me because I'm so unattractive or I'm this and that. And then you talk to your friends and they're like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. You know? Yeah. I mean, and I know that your breakup was terrible and you can talk about it or not, or people can <laughs> tune in and hear about what that person did. And I think he's an idiot. That's, I just want that on the record. <laughs> Total idiot. Aren't we so so grateful though? Because this stuff wouldn't be here if he didn't do that. Well, I know, right? But I, yes, we're grateful with a grain of salt, but I have to say (laughs) we're only on the audio so people can't see. Not only is Dorothy very attractive, she is the sweetest person, one of the sweetest people I've ever spoken to and listened to. And like, you're a great person and you're right. That's one person's perception. And who knows what is behind all of his actions, right? Yeah. But when you're alone in the dark and you're walking your dog outside, you're like, I am so unattractive. I'm so awful. What did I, why didn't I say this? Or why didn't I do this? You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. your head, it's your mind. It's so wild. And you can't see what you don't see. <laughs> like you need an outside third party perspective, an objective right. perspective, because there is, it's really hard. Even for myself, I have coaches upon coaches. Because even for myself, with all the thought work I've done, with all, I do this for a living. I do coaching for a living. I can't see what I can't see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when you're in it, when you're living it, like that's the lens you see everything through. So how are you supposed to see a different lens on your own? Like, it's just so wild. But 100%, right. I think seeing other people going through it, the community aspect of heartbreak is so important because of that being able to see. And I think it's, what's really cool is when you have such a, I don't even know how to put it into words, like badass, hardcore, successful, amazing women in the same room. Mm -hmm. And you watch one person get coached and you're like, what in the world (laughs) was this guy thinking? What in the world was their ex thinking? Because you see how amazing they are. And the same thing goes for you. You're also in that group. Right. You're also mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's so good to see like, wow, this doesn't happen. This, or this, it's not isolated to me. This happens to all kinds of amazing, successful, fabulous right. individuals. There's nothing wrong with me. This is a normal experience. And it just hasn't been normalized yet because we don't talk about it. Even thinking about, I was, um, texting with one of my coach colleagues this morning and she was like all kinds of upset about crying and like releasing emotion in a very public setting. And I was like, why we are like leaders in this world. We are leaders in showing what it's like to process emotion. This is normal. You used a normal, healthy, amazing expression of sadness. Why are we upset about that? Let's like, be leaders in this generation of emotional healing and emotional maturity and saying, yeah, I'm feeling feelings and I'm going to release it because that's a normal human thing to do. And we have desensitized ourselves. Preach it, coach Dorothy. Preach it. That's why we're doing this (laughs) relationship podcast, you know, and like we're talking about all relationships because it goes back to your primary ones. It goes back to your parents. It goes to your siblings, all of those things, right? 
They are so complicated. We think we don't get any training. We don't talk about it. We're like, oh, don't be upset. I mean, one of our, you know, episodes can be, what are these things that people say to us to help us get over it? And it's like, oh, you'll be fine. Or oh, it's just a few months or, you know, that are no, like I have actual human emotions and these relationships, they're so complicated. Like, yeah. but people don't, it's like, we just don't put the time into it. So it doesn't Isn't seem it important. fascinating? Yeah. It's so weird to me. I even think about like, I have my background in industrial organizational psychology. So like business psych. And it's really interesting to me because I did a lot of work in work-life balance and the different policies that are in place. And it's really interesting to me that we have some places, if it's like a really good place, we'll have a policy in place for um death, right? Someone close to you dies, you might get some PTO for that to help yourself heal and get back to normal. However, what organization has a policy for heartbreak? You're going through divorce. Mm -hmm. You're going through a significant breakup that feels just like a death, Mm -hmm. except Mm -hmm. even for some, this is even more difficult than someone actually passing because we think that we can actually do something about it. We're like, they're not physically dead. Like they just feel like, I feel like I'm grieving someone who's still alive. But it's it's also the rejection piece, right? Because if a person Mm -hmm. dies, that's not their choice, but uh, generally, I mean, you know, but if they leave you, you've been rejected and they're gone from your life. Yes. It's it's completely devastating. And we don't have policies in place (laughs) to be able to help us heal from that. And I just, Mm -hmm. I find that fascinating. It's like a whole, it's a whole level. Like when we think about what I'm doing on like a grand scheme, or at least when I'm thinking about on a grand scheme, I'm really like creating a brave heart movement mm-hmm. of let's do this differently. Let's do heartbreak differently. Mm-hmm. Right? Here, here. Amen. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I was listening to something yesterday. They were talking about the stress scale mm-hmm. and it was a, the a breakup is actually very, 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 very high up on the stress scale, even above um, some of them were even above deaths of people that, that you knew. And, Part of it was because it's that ongoing stress. It's the grieving doesn't end. And, and I know you were saying this earlier about the kind of the thoughts and things. And, and there was one thing that I kept getting in the trap of, and, and it was, I'm reflecting, right? So I can learn from my mistakes and I can move on. But what I ended up doing was ruminating and playing stories over and over. And then I'm speculating about what something could mean and what might happen. And I think about if you had, if you're grieving a death, there's no, no action to be had after, whereas ruminating and speculating all in the name of reflection, was it just about killing me? Well, that is something we talked about over and over on our hikes. That's why we came up with this podcast, because I would say we've got to stop. Like even now, a lot of times for myself, stop speculating. We don't know. We're just making stories. We're making stories up. And it's killing us. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Dorothy, can you tell us a little bit about... um, so, you know, we have these things about how to kind of interrupt our thoughts and we can you know, move forward and do some of this stuff and it's great. And then we are out and we see our ex or we, this happened to me, people would forward uh, screenshots of social media posts, mm-hmm. even after I asked them not to do that and it would pop up and that would just set me back like tons and I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. So it could be just anything. Um, what do you do when you have that kind of setback? How do you get yourself out of that spiral? Yeah. So most of us won't even recognize until we're in the spiral. So can we all just recognize that and be like, oh, okay, that's normal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We might spiral and that's okay. That's okay. Right. Um, if you catch it before the spiral, 
Awesome. That's even better. Cool. Awesome. But here's what I normally have my clients do. We sit down and we do a process of evaluation. So we look at what went well, what did I do well in this whole situation? And you have to find at least five things. Like it's not, it's non-negotiable. You have to find five Mm -hmm. things that actually went well from this experience. And then you look at what didn't go well. What did I not do super well here that I wish I could redo? And what would I do differently next time? So based off of that list of what did I not do well, typically for each one, you'll have a corresponding action plan for the next time that this happens. Even if it's an event that you don't expect would happen again, Mm -hmm. we want to be like, if something similar to this happened again, what would I do differently exactly? And when you walk through this evaluation process, what you'll notice is a lot of the mind drama will diminish because we are actually doing something with the information. We're not just reeling on it like you were talking about. We're not just ruminating about it. We're not just like replaying it in our head. We're actually putting pen to paper and coming up with a very specific action plan. And then we even take that a little bit further and create what I call breakup protocols that outline how are we going to think, how do we naturally think, feel, and act in this kind of scenario versus how does future me think, feel, and act? And what are the four steps in that moment that we're going to take to ensure that I show up as future me rather than this past version of myself? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you're sort of pre-planning how you might actually respond. I I, Because I know in some ways that when we don't think through how we might respond, we just respond from chaos and confusion, and then we end up making the situation worse. Yeah. We react yeah. to our emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And I think, I think too, the beauty of that process is it allows you to look at what the data is versus the drama and get really clear about, wow, my brain makes so much drama out of very like normal situations. Like I ran into my ex. Of course I have feelings. We broke up. I love him. Of course, I have emotion about not being with him in this setting. And so why am I saying that I shouldn't be doing this or that I should be doing that or like beating myself up? Because we talk, I mean, on the podcast, we talk about clean pain versus dirty pain, right? And so you have your your regular pain, the the stuff that you can't really avoid, which is the grief and the loss and the sadness versus the compound pain, which we call dirty pain, which is like the shame and the shooting and All of this additional gunk that we put on top that we can't even like address this pure sadness. Like, of course, I'm sad in this moment. And would I choose to be something else? Maybe not. Like a good example is I have an amazing client inside of the Get Over Your Ex program right now who um, she's about eight weeks in and her husband of like, I don't know, a very long time, I think 16 years, um, they went through a breakup like nine weeks ago, like she, a one weekend, she started the program. And so she found out that he started seeing someone new recently. And of course she's experiencing so much sadness over it. And she handled the situation so well when she had to talk to him about it, but it's because she allowed herself to be sad about it. She wasn't telling herself, I shouldn't be sad here. I thought I was over him. I reduced my desire and my attachment. Why am I feeling these feelings? 
she was very much like, oh, of course I'm feeling feelings about this. We knew this event would take place at some point. And I mm-hmm. knew that maybe I would experience sadness. And that is like a proper way for me to grieve and process this emotion. I'm not going to should myself. I'm absolutely okay with myself feeling sad. And at the same time, I know my life's going to be bigger and better. I know that I'm already working towards that. And I feel really confident in my own ability. It's like the difference there. Do you see that? Yeah. There's something that you brought up about loving. So there's something you talk about in the podcast, which is, you know, getting over the person doesn't mean you don't love them. Can you, how do you, how can you reconcile that in your mind? Because like my best friend is like, you should be angry. You should do this. And I'm like, it's not, I don't want to, I love this person. I'm not, I don't want to let go of that love. Yeah, I think sometimes we think that being angry is a lot easier, or at least that's what I thought. When I was going through my breakup, I was like, anger fuels action. So it's going to be easier for me to just be pissed at him because (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll just like get shit done at least, right? Right. And so I think even then, I didn't even know that I had the option to still love this person because that's the other thing that I hear from other individuals is like, I love this person. I don't want to stop loving them. And I'm like, you don't have to. You can totally love your ex and be completely moved on and moved forward. Hmm. Um, for example, I think I very much love my exes, both of them. I have a lot of loving thoughts that allow me to feel love towards them. Do they feel that love? No, like they create their own love through their own thoughts. And so me loving them doesn't hinder or hurt them or give them any joy it's simply something that I get to experience. And same thing with the anger, right? Like a reason I had a hard time letting go of anger was because I thought the longer I felt angry, the more pain my ex would be experiencing because I'm angry. However, he's off living his life. He doesn't experience my anger. He experiences his emotions from his thinking. Mm-hmm. And then I also thought that if I let go of anger, then I was also condoning his behavior. I was condoning Mm -hmm. the fact that he moved on quickly. And that's not true at all, right? I don't agree with how he handled the breakup. I don't agree with him having moved on so quickly. And at the same time, I can choose to no longer feel angry about it so that I don't experience the anger. Hmm. Right, right. Because you're the one holding on to the anger. I mean, the anger doesn't do anything other than just bog you down and and... You know, yeah. that's, a, you know, as Tracy said before, what, what you hold on to that anger and resentment, you bring two shovels to the grave, but right. then you realize you don't bring two shovels, you bring one shovel and dig two graves. But <laughs> the whole point is, is that you're the one who's bearing that burden of the anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're the one that's experiencing the anger. You're the, it's in your body. <laughs> you're right. in your body. It's not in your ex's body. It's <laughs> in yours. You're the one right. that's feeling it and experiencing it. Well, okay. So how does that contrast with you say, live a life your ex regrets living? So are you living a life to spite that person? <laughs> or are you like, is your whole life now about spite? Or what does that mean? You say yeah. it's like a Sunday and that person is a cherry on top and they roll off. Well, so be it. You've got the rest of the Sunday. Can you? Yes. Let me that? tell you. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you all the things, but I want to back up and start from the beginning, if that's okay with you. Okay. Okay. When I first started getting over my ex, there were two things that I wanted. You ready for this? Okay. Revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The first thing I wanted was I wanted my ex to come back. I wanted him to be like, oh my God, I fucked up. I made a terrible decision. I can't believe I did this. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm back. 
The second thing I wanted was I wanted my life to look so extravagant that it made it so ridiculously clear that he realized he fucked up and would come back and be like, your life is so cool. I want to be a part of it. <laughs> In both scenarios, though, he was coming back, right? Right, right. So, so 100%, that's where it started. This whole idea. And, and, and it was really coming from this base level. And I didn't know it at the time, but this base level of determination and commitment around, I couldn't go backwards. I refused to have a life that was like the life I had before he entered my world. Because when he entered my world, he opened up my eyes to this portal of possibility around what was available to me. I didn't know that I could live a lifestyle that he had. I didn't know that I could have all these different things in my life, have this life experience. I didn't know that I wanted to be a mom or a wife or any of these things until I met him and he made, he showed me, wow, I'm actually kind of genuinely interested in having this kind of life. And so it started out from this place of, oh my gosh, I'm so angry. I'm going to fuel this action of building this life from this angry place. But then as it went on, I realized that once I was able to let go of the anger and resentment, and once I did all the work that we've been talking about so far, I got to this place where I was like, I'm genuinely living the life that I wanted with him on my own. And it feels so Mm. much more secure because I've built it by myself. That doesn't mean I don't have other people in my life. Like I'm happily engaged and I have a fiance and we're planning on getting married and building this life together. That doesn't mean that I did it all alone, but I did it in a way where I know that my thoughts created my current reality. I've created everything that I have. I've created the lifestyle that I want, my career that I want, the home that I want. And I will always be able to do that regardless of who's in my life. And so that's what I talk about when I say, I want all of my brave hearts to be creating this epic, beautiful, amazing life. Because once you create that, you have a sense of security that, and really the security comes first. You feel Mm -hmm. secure in yourself and then all those Mm -hmm. results will also come up. But once you have created that for yourself, then like I said, someone can come join you and be the cherry on top. And if they roll off that Sunday, it's not a big deal because you know, you created the Sunday in the first place versus right now you might be in the sense where they took half the Sunday. They took the banana, they took the three scoops of ice cream and you're left with just the bowl. And you're like, Oh my God, what do I do? Um, at least that's how I felt. And so a, a real world example of that is I'm creating this life now with someone else. But if my fiance decided that he didn't want to do this anymore, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, my whole world's ending. I don't have everything that I wanted. I'm not going to have everything that I wanted. That's not how I feel at all. And even we've been having conversations about like our vows and stuff because there is no way I can have regular vows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never will, never will I ever be the person that says, Till death do we part, I will be with you forever. Like that is not it at all. Like my vows will all be about emotional maturity. I promise to you that I will always take responsibility for my emotions, that I will always be a soft landing place for you. If we ever decide to go part our separate ways, I'm going to be here and supportive in any way possible. Like those are the kind of vows that I want to have moving forward. And 
that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying create this epic, beautiful life on your own so that you feel fully responsible for what you've created up into this point so that you know you can be fully responsible for everything moving forward. And no matter who's in your life, it doesn't matter. Oh my God. See, that is so awesome. And I think that everybody who's listening should, whether they're in a breakup, they're going to be in a breakup. They're never going to be in a breakup. What Everyone should be a brave part. So how can everybody find you? Because this information is so valuable, whether you're in a breakup or not. I love you know? that. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. so smart and good. Yeah. So um, I have a podcast <laughs> called How to Get Over Your Ex. Um, if you love listening to podcasts, which maybe you do if you're listening to this podcast, please come hang out with me at the How to Get Over Your Ex podcast on Spotify or iTunes. You can find me on Instagram at Breakup Coach Dorothy and hang out with me there. And then if you want to work together, I do a program called Get Over Your Ex in Three Months or Less. And you can find all that information at my website at DorothyABJohnson.com. Nice. Yeah. Oh, Dorothy, this has been so wonderful. <laughs> I, I wish I had known about all your your, your ideas and your thoughts. Oh, like maybe a year month. ago. I know. I know. This is, I'm so glad that we're able to, you know, just talk with you about this because there's so many people that are just, you know, benefiting even just from the short time that we've had with you just to, to even just say there's more, there are resources out there. I can find things with coach Dorothy. She can help me. And, um, and I know it's tough because you never know when you're going to need a breakup podcast, right? Yeah. And to see that absolutely adorable people get broken up with. It's not about you. Are you talking you about know? me, Tracy? Oh, right. oh wait. Oh, it's about I'm talking about everybody, both these ladies on here, but that's the truth, right? Because it is so you have to reframe it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I have to say when, you know, Corey always asked me, how did you show up? Do you feel good about how you showed up? You can't own that other person's stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and Dorothy's a living example of that. And we so appreciate you coming on. I mean, well, it's been thank phenomenal. You. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And oh, I just love having these conversations. I could do it all day, every day. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in today for another episode of Rock That Relationship as we continue to explore breakups. Check out the show notes for more information and we'll see you next time. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.